Welcome to the Pay It Forward podcast. I'm Chris Valentine. That's Chelsea Lee. Chris and Chelsea in the morning. We're going to be paying it forward once again, Chelsea. And we pay it forward in many different ways, thanks to our friends at Glenwood State Bank. This week, it's going to be about safety, ice safety, water safety. We have a very special guest joining us in studio. Yes, we have Mitch Lawler with the DNR State Conservation Officer. Mitch, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So Mitch knows a lot. He's very passionate about his job, loves to be outdoors, taking care of our state. And I think conservation is extremely important so that we can continue to enjoy our lakes, continue to enjoy the wildlife and just be respectful. And Mitch, the reason why I'm bringing you in here, because I got some, I got some feelings. We drive around past a lot of lakes in the area, right? There's, there's tons of them. And I still see people out there, even though I considered ice fishing season done, but there are still people out on the lakes. There are still people walking out on the lakes, bringing their dogs, driving vehicles out there. What is safe? When is it safe to be on the ice, especially now in the spring, if you can call it? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a great, uh, great question. So we're in early April now. Um, although we were just talking about this before we started, we're still making ice overnight. I think <laughs> overnight was like 13 degrees. Um, so uh, it's definitely still ice season out there, even though it's April. Uh, the, the thing to remember about the ice on any Minnesota lake, any lake at all, is it's never 100% safe. Right. Even in the dead of winter, the DNR doesn't guarantee, nor, nor the sheriff's offices would we ever guarantee ice is 100% safe. So with that in mind, always be checking wherever you're going to be driving, walking, uh, recreating for the, for the thickness of the ice. We always say uh, four inches minimum for foot traffic, six to eight inches minimum for a recreational vehicle, um, and then over a foot thickness for any kind of vehicle, small passenger, and then a truck of any kind over, I think, 16 inches. Mitch, is there like a certain temperature, like uh, once we get once we hit 50 for the first time, is there a certain temp that we look at where we're like, you probably shouldn't go out anymore? <laughs> you know, it's really up to up to the users. I mean, common sense goes a long way. What you're going to see, though, when this, like next week, the weather's going to turn for us, hopefully. Um, Knock on wood. Yep. <laughs> exactly. You're going to see the top of the ice columns. What you can visually see is going to start to degrade first. So you're going to get some slush, some water buildup. It's going to look really crummy even though the water, the ice column is going to be very thick still. It melts from the top, not from the bottom. Um, so what you'll find is when you take a few steps, when it's been 50 for a few days, you're going to think, oh, this ice is really bad, and it is on top. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, it's probably still pretty thick. Um, but common sense goes a long way. Don't go anywhere you're going to get stuck. Don't go by any open, moving water. Those areas are very weak right now because the water is really rushing hard with all this precip we've had. Sure, sure. Um, my sister dated this guy way back in the day who was such a diehard fisherman. He didn't want to go a single day that he wasn't out on the lake. So I've even watched him disseminate a picnic table. It was his. And he made a little path because as the ice receded from the shore so that he could get onto the ice <laughs> with his little bucket, drill a hold, still fish. Can you do that legally, Mitch? <laughs> you can absolutely do that. What yep. in the world? <laughs> I know. Like I said, common sense. So uh, they, they call them bridges. Uh, a lot of people live for this time of year to fish. They think the fish get really active. A lot of nymphs and larvae uh, emerge from the bottom, the food source, and the fish get active. And that's true in some senses. Um, but... Is it really worth a meal of fish to, mm -hmm. to, to potentially be out on ice that, that is not great? Um, for me, it's not. Uh, I think public safety, so I always educate people, like, listen, it's going to be 55 degrees today. That four, 
four feet of water between shore and ice is going to grow to eight feet and you may not be able to get off at the end of the day. Yes, right? and um, that's happened. About. Exactly. That happened last year. I can't remember if it was on a river or a lake, but there were a bunch of ice fishermen that had to be rescued, um, which I'm sure was a great use of DNR officials' time, right, and resources. Right. <laughs> exactly. That was on red. I think what you're thinking of, that was early ice where people were on Red Lake were getting very anxious to get out. Yes. And then the ice column broke between them and shore and drifted out. It wasn't far, oh, no. but it was too far to cross. So, And this time of the year, you probably advise, I didn't really think about this until Chelsea told me, it was an ice fishing tournament in the dead of winter, where we probably don't have to worry about this, but like, roll down your windows and take off your seatbelt if you're going to be driving out of the ice. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. want to do that when you fall through. I mean, hello. It's you should have seen his thing. face. <laughs> yes, it's a strange thing to tell people that's a good idea, and then they look at you like, what are we doing out here? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, get your your hand in the handle. Get ready. I'm like, we probably shouldn't be out here. Um, we're talking with Mitch Lawler, uh, conservation officer with the DNR. Are there certain lakes in the area? Is it the bigger lakes that melt slower? Is it the more shallow lakes? Yes, so there's a pattern to it. <clears throat> so water has a high specific heat, so it takes a lot of energy to heat water. It also takes a lot of time and energy to, to cool it. So the bigger, deeper lakes... Carlos, Miltona, Ida are always late to grow ice because it takes a lot longer for it to get cold. And then they're always the last to, to lose their ice because it takes a lot longer for them to heat up. So shallower, smaller lakes are always first to, to, to have ice out. And the bigger lakes are later, which was a re- reflective come fishing opener in mid-May. Most activity for walleye guys are going to be on your smaller, you know, under probably three or 400 acre lakes. Not many guys go out on the big water for opener just because they're a very... They're a lot colder than the smaller lakes. Fish mm-hmm. behavior is a lot farther behind. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then as far as open water, um, that's right around the corner. It's going to be a crazy spring as far as water goes. Water's going to be very cold all the way until probably June. And I'm not just saying like chilly. I'm saying very cold. And studies show that if you're in a boat and you fall in without a life jacket, your chance of survival is very, very low. Uh, compared to if you have a life jacket on, so make sure that everybody on a boat has a wearable life jacket, not just that, uh, not just on board that that fits, that's accessible, especially when water level uh, temperatures are very cold. And then also have a plan and let people know where you're going. So if you go fishing on whatever lake, write a note, leave it what time you're going, when you're going to be back, and where you're going fishing. Because if something happens, not just fall overboard, but an engine issue or the wind picks up and you can't get across the lake. Uh, we need to know where to look for you. So yeah. leave a note that says where you're going. I guess that's something we don't think about is, you know, even the best swimmers. Let's say you you have, you know, you're one of the best swimmers in the world. If the water is cold, there's nothing you can do. I don't care how good a swimmer you are without a life jacket. <laughs> exactly. So your first gasp of air um, when you fall in the water, this is any time of year, is usually underwater because you're it's a reaction and you're you're going to be under. Sure. So if you're, very, oh, wow. if you're in very cold water, it's very bad. A life jacket will keep you up. It'll... Keep your buoyancy up. So that's why it's very important to wear. Yeah, extremely important. Thank you so much, Mitch, for all these tips, too. And where can people find more information? Either, you know, you guys are really good about updating um, ICE, and I know so is our, our water safety department with the Douglas County Sheriff's Office, too. But where can people go for updates to know if the lakes are safe or not? Yep, absolutely. So a great resource is the DNR Facebook page. They do daily updates. Um, a lot of it's on safety, some information, but a lot of safety. Also, the DNR website does a great rolling homepage of, of different topics. Ice out will be on there soon. It's not yet because we're still making ice, but hopefully soon. <laughs> and then um, 
any anytime you want to uh, reach out to me or any of the local sheriff's deputies, um, we're, we're always willing to take phone calls and give them insight. But ice is never 100% safe. We're never going to say, oh, it's great to drive out there or, or you know, it's, it's, it's perfectly safe to go boating out there. You have to use some common sense and safety. Which, which brings me to my dad's favorite movie, The Titanic. So as the ice is receding and you think all of it is gone, <laughs> I've had some friends who have literally used their boats to try to bust up and break up the ice. What's your advice for that? <laughs> yeah, that's a bad idea. Because um, what happens is, is ice columns that are on the south side of the lake and you're launching on the north side, the wind will switch throughout the day. And then all of a sudden the access that you used is inaccessible because that ice column switched and pushed up and you were fishing nowhere near it. And now you're really kind of without any solution because these bolts we have around here are not made to break ice. They're so, very thin. so good advice would be check the DNR website for ice out on each individual lake. Yep. To or, make sure. Yep. Or just do a drive-by, grab some binoculars and see what see okay. what there is for ice. Very easy. Use it, some common sense. You don't want to be yelling iceberg. No. 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 Iceberg. No. <laughs> you don't want to be that guy <laughs> stranded out on the lake, <laughs> surrounded, by, surrounded by ice. What lake is typically the last to uh, have ice out? It's usually Lake Carlos or Miltona. Okay. Uh, which are usually the last ones to ice up as oh. well. All right. But I hope to see everybody out there this spring and summer. Again, life jackets, leave a note where you're going, and then also... Um, uh, just be safe in your uh, in your conduct out there. Think about others. Yeah, great information. Enjoy the natural resources here, but do it safely. So, Mitch Lawler, uh, conservation officer with the DNR, thanks for coming in today. Well, thanks for having me. This has been the Pay It Forward podcast, brought to you proudly by our friends at Glenwood State Bank. Thanks for listening.